Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Afternoon Tune. I am your host, Josh, and with me are my two co-hosts. It's your boy, Chase. And it's your boy, Nick. Uh, and today, we got a nice guest today, uh, Austin. He's going to be coming in, uh, helping us out, uh, reviewing Resident Evil 8. Um, I bought it, but did not get a chance to play it yet. Um, so, how are you doing there, Austin? I'm doing pretty good. How y'all doing? Doing great. Uh, yo, I'm, I'm kind of withholding my, my myself right now, because I noticed... Your profile pic is a JoJo reference. We don't need to geek yeah. out right now, but we'll talk about that after the show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Fucking weed. Uh. <laughs> these two, uh, these two lamos over here, they're not weaves. They're not. They don't appreciate culture like we do, Austin. Exactly. Uh, they just don't get it. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm gonna watch JoJo one of these days. I'm gonna binge watch it. Uh, okay. You know, it's actually the third straight week we've been talking about anime because we came off to talking about Yasuke. Then the week after that it was Demon Slayer. Then this week it's Castlevania. So it's actually our third straight week <clears throat> discussing anime. Actually, so. you know, Castlevania is not actually anime. It's an American animation. Neither is well, Yasuke I mean, technically. I mean, also, yeah, Yasuke, too, but it's also, it's kind of anime-inspired, anime-looking yeah. in a way. I mean, it is based off the Japanese art from the video game by the creator of that, so in a way, it's kind of anime-inspired in a way. I know, um, but the weebs are going to jump at us if we don't clarify. I mean, technically, <laughs> no, like, <laughs> people in Japan see everything animated as anime, so it's more mm. just a you are right. title than anything else, really. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so this is, yeah, this is our third straight week discussing that, uh, type of stuff, so, you know, very interesting. Um, how have you been doing there, Nick? Uh, not too bad, just spent my, uh, entire morning cleaning up the mess my dog made. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's bad dog. Yeah. Bubbles keeping yeah. you busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you gonna post that to IG? No. <laughs> Oh, okay. no, you gotta yeah, good stuff to IG. Yeah, you only post the good moments, you know, you don't post mm-hmm. the up and downs, huh? You know? Can't be real with them, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, okay. So just not just living that fake Instagram life. Fake IG life, I guess. I'm not, uh, she is. She's the one posting to it. Oh. <laughs> That's all bubbles. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so we're gonna be getting into things. Um, so I'm gonna let Austin start off first um, with Resident Evil 8, let him kick things off uh, with that and just discussing the video game. So, if uh, Austin, you want to jump in there and, and let us know what you thought of Resident Evil 8, what were your impressions? Um, you can also go into spoilers a little bit, just you know, let people know that you're going to get into spoilers before you do so. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the floor to you, man. All right, well, I'm not really a huge Resident Evil fan, I actually started with seven. So, like, seven, eight, like the ones I only know, truthfully. But uh, yeah, I loved uh, Resident Evil 8. It took me uh, about 11 hours to get through it the first time, and about five hours the second time I went through it. Hmm. And- uh, what, uh, what difficulty? Uh, standard both ways. I'm just trying to like build up money and stuff so I can lock like the uh, upgrades to get infinite ammo later on. Uh, but yeah uh, I did not expect the uh, story to go the way it went like I knew the Resident Evil stories can get kind of crazy but holy shit (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so the, you know, so is, is there a segment in the game where the mommy vampire sits on you or no? Is that, is that like? I wish. <laughs> Damn, I she guess she's not that floor, but that's about it. Damn it. Two oh, out of ten. Okay. Wait, right. so she puts you through the floor? Yeah. All right, I can take that. <laughs> like, she, like she literally body slams you into the floor, keeps doing it, then you fall like four stories into a sub-basement. Hmm. Now, the one thing I do know about this game is that like Ethan Winters, is, that's his name, right? Yeah. He's like built differently. Like he gets like his <laughs> arm like cut off and he like puts it back on or whatever. Yep. Like I saw that clip running around Twitter. Um, For those who don't know, like what is Resident Evil? Because like most people, I feel like a lot of, well, me, um, I'm speaking for myself to be honest with you. I'm kind of interested because of the, uh, the uh, Lady D uh, and also, you know, um, or her daughters but like for those who are coming in as like laymen how would you describe resident evil uh, i'd say it's a survival horror slash action game mm. uh, like from what i've seen from the uh, past games it became more action than anything else but like as i'm seeing like more and more of the other stuff it's always been action more or less it's just gotten crazier over the years um, I was seeing some people talk online and they were saying that, um, and this was also the developers, um, they said they made more of a conscious effort to not make it as scary as the seventh one because they said that so many people reacted so heavily to the seventh one being so scary. So you haven't played the seventh one. No, How I, have, you... I have the seven and eight are the only ones I've played. Right. Yeah. So you haven't played the seventh one. Um, how would you compare the levels? Of... He just said he played the seventh one. Oh, the yeah. We, yeah, you just played the, the seven, right? I played yeah. se I played seven. And I played eight. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, the seventh one. But you kept never mind. Just continue your question. What, we're we're gonna the, let the people at home. Answer the question. You. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, yeah. So, so comparing both of those ones that you just played, um, uh, how would you compare the levels of scary as a you know? compared to the action because i know the last one was very very heavily based on uh, like more of the horror and then is this one i think is it, is it a good level as far as action and horror or i think uh eight is a good balance between action and horror it's more action than horror but it still uh, works itself out in the end and seven is mainly horror and let me tell you right now I'm not good with horror games, so like through <laughs> most of that game, I was just screaming like a little bitch anytime those molded just popped up out of anywhere. Oh, okay. Are there any moments in the eight that had you like that? Or... Fuck yes. <laughs> the uh, second uh, person you gotta take down is uh, mm -hmm. Donna Benavito or something like that. Can't remember her last name. And there's a section um, where, spoiler alert, there's this giant uh, baby fetus that you gotta run away from. <laughs> it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Where? This is in the eighth one? Yeah, in eight. Eight. Okay. Um, what, what did so, Lady D just have a baby before? No, it's like the uh, second boss, technically, is the uh, uh, doll. Mm, okay. okay. Um. So, when you, uh, what about the bosses of the game in this one? Uh, they're How pretty did you good. like that? They're pretty good. I, I actually like them more than the uh, 
than the sevens bosses. They're more uh, interesting and a little bit more varied too. Because uh, the second person you fight, the doll is is just a uh, hide and seek game all the mm-hmm. way through for the boss fight. So throughout this, so would you say the difficulties kind of, I know you played on standard mode, but did you also do that with the last game as well? Playing on standard mode as well. So do you think it's the same level of kind of difficulties, you know, playing the two games? Uh, Challenge wise? More or less, yeah, but I feel like it was a little bit easier in the eight. Was that because it was like more action based or was it because? Yeah, because more action based. So Uh, I just feel like you're doing a lot more damage that's probably just me okay because like uh i don't uh, know too much about resident evil um but like i, I noticed a lot of people are like beating this game in like a day <laughs> which i was just like wow like you know for the past yeah. like five years or so like the big thing with games is just like all right how many hours can we just pack into them like 100 hour games open world um so is Resident Evil overall like is the franchise relatively like short? Like hey, they're pretty short, but they're made for replayability because you mm. can uh, like unlock like in these recent games you can unlock like new weapons, and in eight, you, if you upgrade a weapon fully, you can unlock infinite ammo for those weapons and makes things a lot easier and stuff. Because mm. I might just pick it up just because of how short it is. Because like. I've been playing a lot of games lately that are just like a thousand hours and I kind of just feel the need that I, I, I need something to beat <laughs> that is within the, the the spectrum of me beating without it me, my, me like sacrificing like a good ending. <laughs> I, mean, I have like six RPGs on backlog that I'm like either halfway through or barely started. Mm. Uh, with Persona. So what's the, uh, what's the story of this one? Uh, basically, Ethan Winters is either Ethan Winters and his wife Mia are living in Europe after the events of the seventh game. They were uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They were sent there by um, uh, Chris Redfield, big boulder punching guy. Yeah. And well, one night, uh, Mia does an attack on their house. Mia gets uh, killed by Chris. And Ethan and their and then God, I'm messing this all up. I'm sorry, guys. Ah, uh, no problem. It's all good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ethan no, and cool. his kid Rose uh, get taken uh, by Chris, but an accident happens. They end up in this uh, village. I'm not sure if it has, has a uh, name. Now that I think about it, but they end up in this village. Chris, sorry. Ethan goes around looking for his uh, child mm. and uh, come to find out there are there's a whole bunch of mutants and monsters there attacking the village, mainly uh, werewolves and Ethan gets his hands attacked multiple times. I kind of feel like that should have been the uh, subtitle to the uh, game. <laughs> so much. Resident, Evil, Resident Evil 8 Fuck your hands. Pretty much. <laughs> And the yeah, and Ethan just goes around to these different sections of the uh, village, looking for answers, uh, fighting the bosses, and figure out like why he and his daughter got taken. Hmm. And it's quite a ride. 
so, so you can go into uh, spoiler territories uh, real quick if you want to give your score real quick for the game or just overall sum up your uh, pros and cons and just give a quick score and then you can go into spoilers there. Uh, pros looks great. I played it on PC, so mm. naturally. Uh, PC Elitus, <laughs> my guy. That's <laughs> like my second PC game. Tremendous. But, uh, what was I saying? It looks great. Uh, sound design is awesome. A level design is pretty great. Uh, I really don't have any bad things to say about it. Uh, well, it's a minor thing. It's like, when you're around enemies and you're running, it feels like you're running slower than like when you're just out in the open running freely. That's about it for me. Now, would you recommend this game to people just getting into it, or would you recommend them to play the the prior games beforehand? Uh, yeah, I recommend playing eight. Uh, if you want to, you also play seven previously just to get a little bit more backstory uh, about Ethan and uh, Mia mm. but they kind of uh, bird feed it to you throughout the game too about okay. what happened to them okay um, so you can go into spoilers and you know just like you know as far as where the story goes and the ending and where do you want to see the next game go if you know in terms of Resident Evil 9 spoilers I don't know what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> so much. Uh, I loved Heisenberg's boss fight. He's the uh, uh, guy that kind of looks like Dante with a hammer in the uh, trailers. Mm-hmm. He turns into like this giant uh, mutant biomechanical thing. I really can't describe it. It's just kind of like a blob with metal all over it. And when you first fight him, you get into this uh, tank that, for some reason, he built for himself that he cannot control because his whole like power set is he's basically uh, Magneto. So okay. for whatever reason, he built this tank. You get in it, you just blown him up with the a chain gun and cannons. Then you get out. His whole area blows up. And he calls Chris a boulder punching asshole. So somehow, <laughs> people there have found out about Chris and his. Uh, Exploits, which is pretty uh, funny. <laughs> how's the uh, how's the real boss fight that we all want to know? Yeah, the, the one lady. that the one that is in all of the marketing for this game. <laughs> the, the internet has yeah. been thirsting and simping and modding for for the last what four months since uh, the initial trailers for Village came out. Yeah, well, how is her boss fight? Is it good? Over her, you mean the Duke? The best character in the game? Yes. Lady oh, man. <laughs> a, I honestly, it was not my favorite boss fight. Really? Yeah. Damn. I, was she it... has a nice design and everything, but it's mostly just like running around in circles, mm-hmm. try to get behind her and get, get shot and stuff. And it's kind of, eh. I don't know, man. Getting behind it. Now, that sounds, <laughs> sounds like oh, a good boss fight it. to me. <laughs> you have, you have. Oh, does okay. she have like a monster form? Does she yeah. like mutate? Oh, okay. All right. No. I mean, you're brave <laughs> enough. 
Um, so at the ending, I know it's uh, very important because I looked up a lot of spoilers on it, um, spoiled myself on it. I thought you were uh, supposed so, to play the game, Josh. Um, I, I was going to play the game and just got busy because I did buy it, so I am going to play it, but mm. um, and definitely going to stream it and, and, and beat it and everything like that. But I was looking up some spoilers of it. Um, and so at the end of it, it has a all grown up Rose in a way. Well, I guess she's kind of maybe late teens, kind of early 20s, maybe looks like um, towards the end of her game. Um, and you figure out the whole, uh, the, you know, one of the main reasons why the main villain um, uh, of the game, whose name is like um, Madam, like Mother Madam or Mother Miranda, Mother Miranda uh, kidnapped. Yeah. So, um, could you could you explain like why the why was the reason why they kidnapped Rose in the first place, and just talk about that ending uh, that kind of you know kind of uh, I guess you would say stinger at the end. I guess you would say. Yeah. So the whole thing with Mother Miranda and Rose is that uh, this is kind of spoilers for the uh, previous game uh, for Seven. All y'all out there, there's this character called Evelyn and. Uh, RE7 turns out she's a experiment who's supposed to be a uh, reincarnation of Mother Miranda's daughter who died of the Spanish flu and Mother Miranda has been uh, looking for a way to resurrect Evelyn as her uh, full form or something like that hmm. and because Ethan and Mia were there at the uh, whole uh, epicenter of Seven. Uh, that made Rose special because Ethan got infected, Mia got infected. But here's the thing, big spoiler, everybody. Ethan's been dead since Seven, so he's technically like a uh, mold oh. version of himself, which is why he's well. able to like take so much damage, like in his hand, cut off fingers, chopped off, and stuff like that. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense, though. He gets a full-on ass knife through the kneecap, and he's still able to, like, run and shit. I, mean, he I just thought hit, he was built differently. <laughs> he gets hit by a giant hammer by this giant. He just gets knocked, like, halfway across the village, and he's still, like, kicking and moving so easily. Sheesh. But yeah, that's yeah. why uh, it was so important for uh, Mother, Mother Miranda to get robes because of the little mold baby that Somehow Ethan and me are made, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. I ain't gonna question it. Ain't gonna question it. <laughs> Video game logic, you know. You just we got a story somewhere. We got a. They actually a story do somewhere. that a lot too. Like <laughs> they'll say, some such and such happened, but don't worry about it and just keep moving. <laughs> like they say, it like at least four or five times throughout the game. <laughs> uh, and I looked at this uh, YouTube video discussing the ending. They said that uh, the uh, grown-up Rose, the teenage Rose that we see at the uh, post-credits, like might actually not be a teenager. Like she probably just grew over a couple of years, still like a full, like however many years old she's supposed to be currently. Because of the mold, she like regenerates her cells quicker and stuff, so she probably grows uh, faster. Mm -hmm. And like at the beginning of the game. This is a file you can read. She's like a 16-bound baby, baby when she's first born. So she's way too big, or something like that. Hmm. And as for where I want the series to go, this might be like a stretch, but 
I kind of wanted to play out like uh, the next game play out like Control. If you played that game before. And uh, control is that game where it's like a woman and she has kind of like telekinesis powers and oh, uh, like that yeah. you know that game yeah, yeah. that like would be a very interesting. You, do you think? And that game was kind of if I was looking at the reviews, I I've been meaning to play that game as well. Um, that game kind of has a lot of horror kind of influence as well in that game, correct? Yeah, it's correct. <clears throat> okay. And basically, yeah. like it's mentioned throughout the entire game that Rose has his incredible powers, strong power and stuff. You never really see it, but it's always mentioned. And I would kind of like to see what that power looks like. Mm. Okay. So it, you're, you would, you'd want it to basically take place, well, the POV to be from Rose's perspective? I mean, it is going to be take. from her perspective. Okay. Like, she's technically going to be the next character. Oh, uh, okay. Mm. Okay. And it's like uh, one more thing. thing I want to mention... Uh, at the very end of the uh, whole Rose bit at the post credits, she gets in this SUV with this uh, security agent. As they're going down the uh, road, you kind of see like a, a one person walking on the side of the road, and the SUV stops and just kind of stays until the uh, to the uh, uh, video uh, face of black. Mm. It kind of makes you wonder, is that person there important to the story coming up or is it just some random thing, but it's all this speculation at this point. Hmm. Okay. Um, do you think at all if they go that direction in RE9 where they go a more control type direction, focus on Rose and having these type of supernatural abilities, do you think something like that would be such a departure from what you've seen from Resident Evil so far because I know a lot of people had such an issue when the game started to get more diversion to action like after 4 and then it went to 5 and 6 which is you know so action heavy and then they yeah, kind of returned thanks Paul W.S. Anderson yeah uh, <laughs> and then it returned more to their roots like in 7 which was the gothic horror and then you know like you know spending time with this crazy family so do you think at all do you see any type of backlash um in if they do that kind of thing that you want in re9 i mean it's always gonna be backlash but like <laughs> if it's sure. written well enough people aren't, aren't gonna care by the time it comes out you know mm. uh, uh, half the time people don't even know what they want yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's very true mm. uh that's very true um yeah, thank you man thank you for coming on thank you for discussing the game um i definitely will be playing it soon uh what about you guys i mean are you guys interested in resident evil that much or uh i was gonna wait till the price drop to be honest with you was... uh yeah same here for me i'm probably gonna wait until the price drops or my schedule frees up okay well you know what a developer said he said it you know developer i mean if you wanted more great games to come out you know you gotta buy them at full price instead of waiting for the game to drop well damn i, I guess just, i don't I want mean, them that bad uh, I mean, he can <laughs> suck my dick. I mean, I mean, just so you know, I mean, you are killing the video game industry. But okay, that's all right. Um, but you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, you hardworking developers. You know, you got to pay. You know, full price if you want mm. these great games. That's what he said, at least. Yeah, I mean, mm. that's what the developer said, at least. Who's the developer? Uh, it's like that same argument to say, hey, if you don't work for minimum wage, we'll bring in robots to replace you. <laughs> yeah, it sounds exactly uh, the same. Hey, my mama always taught me never buy anything at full price. 
because you know it's you know it's dropping you know it's dropping so it's not my fault that they do discounts it's not my fault that steam decides to sell it for free um, not my fault playstation days. now puts games up for free yeah I mean, for ubisoft games i always wait because they're usually like half off by the end of the year mm-hmm yeah mm-hmm it's not my fault they could do what nintendo does mm-hmm. you know what nintendo does right on their store everything's full price they don't yep. do no discounts they yeah. don't they don't fuck around with that so and nintendo's him, i mean incredibly high selling so nah but tell him if he wants us to buy it at full price and no discounts but you know until then i'm buying it at a discount <laughs> <laughs> uh but hey man thanks for coming on austin uh do you want to promote any stuff uh you said you were gonna have some streams coming up and everything like that so do you want to pump some of your stuff here i mean i wish i could but i actually other than like having my stuff set up i don't have a name for it yet or anything so it's okay. just just set up right now Okay. Well, if you get a name, let us know. Uh, we'll be happy to talk about it, you know, on the show, and uh, yeah, no happy, problem. To sh- happy to shout you out. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thanks for spending the time with us. Thank, uh, you, thank you. All right, man. Thank you, man. Have a good time, man. Have a good day, man. You too. All right, man. Take care. Peace. Um. All right. Okay. So, uh, that was the Resident Evil Eight uh, review there for you people. Uh, we're going to be discussing... Uh, do you guys want to discuss the news real quick with the Venom trailer? Just give our overall impressions of that real quick before you move on to discussing Spiral. And okay. Castlevania. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yep. Venom, Let There Be Carnage, the sequel to the 2017? Is that when it came out? Yeah, 2017. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah, the uh, sure. 2017 uh, Sony hmm. Marvel... Uh, Marvel uh, film starring Tom Hardy as the Eddie Brock and the titular Venom, much, which is widely regarded as eh. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, this one uh, direct is going to be directed by Andy Serkis. Uh, yes, this, this time a much better director um, as far as uh, as um resumes go i mean ruben fleischer i mean he's not a terrible director but he, out of all of his the movies he's worked with especially with sony the only good one that really stands out is the first zombie land everything else is either kind of just meh or downright terrible mm-hmm. um andy circus i mean his track record he did Mowgli, which i didn't see which is the jungle book film that came on netflix um, he also did some Mowgli, second. Mowgli was good. It just got overshadowed by Favreau's Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he also did a lot of second unit directing on the Hobbit movies as well. Uh, those aren't really that great, in my opinion. Um, those aren't really all that good. Uh, but, you know, he did some second unit directing there. But that can teach you a lot, just as far as, I mean, especially dealing with a movie as big as that and as heavy special effects as that. So mm-hmm. that, that experience can teach you a lot, I think, being on, on a set like that as well so and he also did a movie called breathe um never really heard of it before it's a movie starring andrew garfield um never really heard of it before so uh but uh that came on 2017 so yeah never never heard of that one uh but um yeah so in this venom trailer right here let there be carnage you see obviously the follow-up of if you saw the last film first film there was a stinger at the end with um you know woody harrison looking like uh orphan annie uh you look like sideshow bob (laughs) sideshow bob orphan annie um just all the 
like a basically a crazy cartoon character. Luckily, they fixed that. They got him a new, you know, hair. Got him yeah, a new. They gave him a. They gave him a like good looking hair piece this time. <laughs> um, and so you know that's finally nice. Um, you know, especially coming off you know the the first film, uh, which came out in, like twenty eighteen. Um, do you guys have any hopes for this that this will be an improvement? Do you see like do you think it's it's just well it can't go any lower? Is that basically your thinking coming into this? Oh no, it could definitely go lower. <laughs> the the original Venom wasn't like terrible. It was just very 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 mediocre. <laughs> but I at least had fun I'm, with it, you know? I'm kind of on the same camp with you, Chase. I I just think the first Venom was one of the most mediocre superhero movies uh, to come out in like the last five years but i will say it's the best movie that should have been released in like 2005 even down to having eminem on the soundtrack thanks <laughs> yeah no i mean it, it's carnage so i i what rating is it is it gonna be rated t dude uh, of course it's gonna be pg-13 yeah it's gonna be pg-13 yeah Ooh, okay never mind but still it's carnage so i kind of have a little bit more hopes with that dynamic between venom and carnage uh than the dynamic between venom and whatever the fuck the first villain was uh, yeah the first <laughs> villain uh riot or yeah. whatever or riz ahmed sleepwalking through a paycheck yeah i forgot that huh. was him that's how bad he did <laughs> um i mean are you Sheesh. i mean because it seems like i mean in this situation just like with the first movie it's like he's fighting mm. just another version of himself like but yeah carnage is it's another carnage. version of himself even down it's another version of himself even down to like the two symbiotes that he has fought so far they have the exact same power set no but like i don't think you guys understand like carnage is actually supposed to be insane so if they captured mm. that personality from the comics and they allow him to like actually like kill people and like be the insane be the insane carnage that i know uh that dynamic between this sort of anti-hero eddie brock that kind of wants to do the right thing sometimes um that could be interesting you know and a uh, tamed you, venom that could be interesting you know what do you think about the addition of naomi harris as the villain uh shriek what do you think about that um i didn't watch the trailer so i didn't know that um I mean, we don't. We see nothing of her character. We just see her looking crazy and like s screaming in her fucking like jail cell. <laughs> we see um, nothing that tells us anything about this character based on this trailer. Well, I think I know how she'll be used. <laughs> yeah, and that's um, all I'm gonna I mean, say. <laughs> well, you know what? What I like about a little bit about with her is that she's simply mm. not just another version of Venom again. And also, since Venom is a character who's incredibly vulnerable, if you've watched Spider-Man yeah. Three, they pointed that out. Like he's somebody who's very incredibly vulnerable to, to you know echoes, sounds, you know things like that. So, uh, you know, having a character like that whose whole basis is to use sound, is to use her voice, obviously mm. shriek. I mean, obviously with that name. So that I think is a very impressive thing to kind of bring into it, and it adds at least a new, interesting kind of dynamic villain-wise for him to fight against, except just another version of himself to fight, now, um, like he did in the last movie. My only argument against that is, or is that the role that Shriek, Shriek plays is that going to 
potentially like is that going to work with carnage or are they gonna do it like they did with amazing spider-man 2 where it's just over bloated and um and i mean even also with like um spider-man 3 even that joint was very bloated too with the villains um i'd rather them just focus on uh carnage and venom's dynamic than i would uh well in, like in something like in spider-man 3 three villains i mean it was green goblin there was sandman and there was venom you yeah. know this one is just it's just the two okay and you know shriek is in the character like she's also the love interest of carnage um i think also it's the same way also in the comics as well so they do have like a pairing and relationship True. um and then, so it, it, it kind of makes sense to bring her in here it's not just bringing her in here just to have you know multiple yeah. villains and just create some so it, it, it kind of makes a little bit more sense um Naomi harris is a very good actress if you've seen her in things like you know moonlight um she she you know got real big critical acclaim for that um, she's also was in the James Bond films, you know, the Daniel Craig James Bond films like Skyfall. Mm. Uh, she had a great, you know, great kind of opening with her character where she was Eve Moneypenny, but mm. then they kind of reduced her character from being a badass, you know, kind of spy like James Bond into just being a receptionist, like, you know, but mm. okay, whatever. But uh, um, but you see how this franchise Venom, they kind of take these good actors and reduce them. Like you saw what they did to Riz Ahmed in the last one. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, with this one, uh, you know, Woody Harrelson having more of a bigger part. I, I can never say, like, even if it's a movie that I didn't like, I can never say Woody Harrelson really gave a bad performance. I think he yeah, yeah, adds I, yeah. I put I put Woody Harrelson in that same camp of actors as I'd put like Samuel Jackson. Even in a bad movie, he's probably going to be the best part of it. Yeah. So I'm 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 eager to see what he does. You know, going full crazy. You know, doing. You know kind of like that so yeah. I, that kind of interests me more than anything with this movie is just seeing what willie harrison will do with the character yeah um yeah even even the comedy in this trailer it sold me a lot more than it did in the first venom because mm. all of the marketing for that led that led you to believe that this is going to be this very self-serious very dark gritty action movie and then you see the movie and half of it is like vaudeville physical comedy routine uh, any final thoughts on the trailer before we move on? Uh, <clears throat> well, for me, you can't do any worse than the first one. Yeah. You can only go up. You can only yeah. Go up. yeah. I mean, exactly. Well, the, actually, bar no, so, the bar is so low that there's nowhere to go but up. I mean, you could actually do worse than your first <laughs> movie, but but we're not going to put I mean, you could get Takashi 6 9 for the soundtrack of this one. Oh, yeah. Um, Crazy thing is, might... I could see that happening. Yes. I think that's what I hate the most about that suggestion. Because <laughs> Carnage, uh, I can see Carnage listening to that fool. Um, all right. So moving on from discussing the Venom trailer, we're going to discuss, since you already talked about Samuel Jackson and mm. improving movies, we're going to just jump right into Spiral, uh, which is the, from the Book of Saw, uh, which you say is a continuation of the Saw series. It's actually a film um, that was kind of the brainchild of Chris Rock you know, he's apparently a huge fan of these movies, a big fan of horror movies, and he approached Lionsgate himself and was like, you know what, I have an idea for a Saw movie, and I think, you know, and pitched it to him, and they accepted it, and here you are now having a Chris a Rock-led Saw film, um, also starring Samuel Jackson. So, in this one, you have the Saw killings start to reappear. Um, in this case, uh, the killer is targeting cops instead of uh just kind of regular civilians he's targeting police officers what's the problem and it's something 
<laughs> um, and you know what I mean? Uh, in you know, and a lot of these kind of like a lot of dirty cops that he's targeting, and there of course there's a manhunt to try to find the killer. No, uh, I think he's doing a good job then. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, so that's kind of the main premise. I mean, it's it's a it's a good premise, you know that you know especially in this in this environment of police brutality, of mm. you know more criticism coming towards cops. Um, Nick and Chase did not see it. Um, I'm the only person that saw it, so I'm just going to be talking about it real quick here. Hey, I have, I have an excuse. I live in a country where the movie release schedule is ass. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. I mean, you know, he's got an excuse, and then you know, of course, uh, you know, it was only a movie available in theaters. Yeah. So also, like... Lionsgate hates Asian people. They released it. Nah, they fucking released it in South Korea, Indonesia, and China, but not fucking Japan. Oh no, they just hate Japan. You know. <laughs> what did Japan uh, do to you, Lionsgate? What did we do to you? Uh wait, no, but didn't Lionsgate do all those anime movies? Maybe that's why they don't oh. hate Japan. <laughs> Maybe uh, that's why. But yeah, yeah no, I didn't see it yet because my microchip is only like not even ten days old yet, so I gotta I gotta wait before I go to a theater. Um, yeah, completely understandable. You know, a lot of weight. You know, a lot of these movies, I guess the theaters is back open now. A lot of these movies is like, hey, we're only going to be in theaters. Like mm -hmm. Quiet Place 2, that's, it's only going to be in theaters. It's not going to come anywhere else. It's not going to be on HBO Max. It's not going to be on Amazon. It's, it's like it's only going to come to theaters. That's it. Um, so it, it just is what it is. I guess, you know, it's just people going like, listen, it's just theaters. They feel confident about putting it out there now that things are starting to kind of relatively somewhat kind of come back to normal now that the, the vaccine is out there. So um, so in this film, so like I said, I'm the only person that saw it. Um, here, it, it feels like, you know, the, what this movie's trying to do is it's trying to be like Seven. It's trying to be like Zodiac. It's trying to be mm. like Silence of the Lambs. It's basically trying to be um, this really intense uh, cop drama but it's wrapped up in this super basic CBS cop procedural show. Um, it, it doesn't have the talent to rise above to be anything like those things. Uh, because when this movie starts, I mean, it has Chris Rock and it, it dumps every single one of those cop cliches just at your front door. It's, it's the lone wolf detective who doesn't work with anybody, doesn't trust the department um and he gets assigned a rookie you know he's got the angry captain you know what i mean and they do a little bit kind of different thing because the, the angry captain in this movie is a fine-ass woman um yeah, it's true and it's uh, marisol nichols from uh, who plays uh, veronica's fine-ass mom on riverdale <laughs> yeah so it's, it, so instead he's got a fine-ass you know uh, uh captain um here i don't see the problem of the... yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah because um, dude dude you're Dude, you have to remember the franchise you're talking about. This is a Saw movie, so, like, bad porno-level acting and gruesome <laughs> kills. Yeah, that's a Saw movie. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I guess so. Not, I, don't, um, I, don't, I don't come to those movies for seven. So, but keep going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, so, you know, in, in, in this one, it also, a lot of it is also kind of, you know those kind of basic cop cliches 
and everything they're doing and also uh, tons of expository dialogue i mean they just dump all of it at once pretty much in, in one scene of you know they talk about like oh you know you know this isn't your dad's department anymore he was chief of police for this many years and uh, you can't just keep carrying around with you oh yeah but i can't trust all these people because i got shot in the back and they, they, i mean they just dump all of it all in just kind of one scene one after the other it's like wow jesus i mean y'all didn't <laughs> Y'all just really just doing all of this, all just all at once, huh? Y'all didn't y'all didn't think about spacing this out or just writing it better. Um, and I mean, it goes even into... in the old Saw movies, they would like save like a lot of that exposition for like the sequels and flashbacks. <laughs> um, and you know, we just talked about me and Nick talked about the first Saw movie um, mm -hmm. last week. We did a retro review of that one, um, and the other Saw sequels. I've seen some, a little bit of them here and there, a few of them. Uh, but I have only watched all of the Saw sequels, so you know, you know, this is coming from a guy who's mainly just seen the, the first one and then knows of the Saw series to a degree. Um, and you know, seeing a lot of the traps in this one, they are very gruesome. Uh, you know, they are kind of brutal in a way. I don't really think they're too much of a game because I think you know, mm -hmm. with, with Jigsaw and the whole thing with him is like, okay, well you maybe have a chance to make it out if you do these certain things um you maybe have a chance to do them um you know there's certain traps where it's just like okay well you know in order to survive this you got to get the key and it's inside some some guy's stomach so you got to cut him open to get the key and then unlock the trap that's on your face or hey um you got to find the, the 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 code to this lock so you got to search around but it's broken glass on the floor things like that um this one it's kind of like, you know, I'd rather just honestly just die, honestly. I mean, a lot of the choices that the killer is given, it's like, um, I mean, it's like, um, okay, how about you can either pull off all your fingers or you can just the, be electrocuted to death. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I mean, uh, having my fingers slowly being ripped off one by one, I don't know. I think I'm... I don't think I want to live that bad. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But honestly, I just think I think just being electrocuted would just be a lot easier, honestly. I mean, it seems like and then I mean, even if I do make it out and you know, do with if I have all my fingers ripped off, I mean, what about all the blood I'm losing from mm. just having all my fingers ripped off? So I'm like That was yeah. always kind of like my criticism of the first Saw movie cuz like even if they right away go for like cutting off their foot they'll probably bleed out before like they get any kind of help yeah <laughs> yeah so, i mean so a, a lot of that in in this one is kind of like those type of choices you know mm. what i mean it's like you know what i mean you, you got a choice live or die you know chop your dick off but or let yourself be burned alive movie. <laughs> you know what i mean it's like um i don't know neither can i pick neither <laughs> can i pick is there an option c that i can do you know what i mean like can i like go on fear factor maybe eat some like donkey penis or something like that can i do that maybe i don't know i don't know josh it just sounds like you watch saw you know I, <laughs> yeah it sounds, yeah you, it just sounds like you watched a saw movie yeah maybe not one of the better ones but still sounds like a saw movie because <laughs> yeah. i because i i hear from people who really are into saw the best mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. is the one where he kills the health insurance uh, oh employees. yeah that that'd be uh saw six yeah, I hear that one is typically like the, the better one. I hear the third one is also kind of also kind of a good one as well. Um, so I, you know, I, again, I haven't really seen those ones, so I can't really compare them. Um, and in this one, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it starts off, you know, you know, kind of that way of, you know, doing all these bad clap cop cliches and everything like that. It kind of better. It kind of gets a little bit better throughout mm -hmm. uh, Chris Rock. Um, 
and you know as an actor i think he's somewhat improved you know what i mean i don't think he still matched his performance in new jack city but uh you know he, he still has to live up to that performance which they make a reference to by the way in this movie they actually make a new jack city reference in the movie by the way um, of course they squeeze that in <laughs> yeah um i think sometimes when the movie's the best it's when him and and samuel jackson are interacting with each other because i think they mm. got really great chemistry together um and samuel jackson plays the father of the chris rock character and you know the like this is a line that did really kind of crack me up and there's some funny lines in this because there are moments where chris rock is just kind of riffing it seems like and just doing his comedy bits <laughs> and um there's mo one moment when he's talking to samuel jackson because he owns the building that he lives in and uh there's a moment where he's in his apartment and chris rock comes in and he says like well i haven't you know talked to you in in months we live in the same building i walked past you and we just nodded at each other like we were the only two black guys at the mall and then <laughs> that just for some reason that just really got me you know what i mean and there's kind of some good lines like that and just samuel jackson's ability to be just effortless in his acting performance mm. uh, it is also kind of refreshing even in something as kind of mediocre as this mm. um when it when it comes to this film i would say you know it, it's got some good kills in it um uh, don't think about how this person set up all these traps and did all these things don't I mean, because a lot of them are like really nice, expensive traps. It looks like it's not just some simple stuff like, OK, I, you know, maybe put you, you know, chain you to something or, you know, maybe just maybe put this contraption on you, bear trap or something like a lot of these are like really, you know, kind of expensive looking elaborate traps. But just I guess don't think about that. The whole concept of it. Good concept just needed better people to execute the concept, bringing it back the same people who did the other Saw movies and who you know possibly wrote the other saw movies big mistake mm -hmm. uh you should have yeah, yeah the yeah the two writers of this they wrote the 2017 reboot jigsaw which yeah that movie i i liked it but it's probably on the weaker end of the saw movies and uh it's directed by darren lynn boost bousman i think is how you pronounce his name he directed saws uh two three and four yeah um big mistake you should have got some new talent in here some like just how you brought in chris rock with his vision you should have got other writers maybe other director to come in and execute that vision mm -hmm. somebody who's like okay i like this concept like this idea because of this killer going after these cops who you know committed police brutality um and trying to serve justice to things and you know i mean that, i mean that's good especially in the times that we're in mm -hmm. it's just it's so poorly executed and so kind of poorly done and then you have chris rock who's you know like i said it's like a cbs cop procedural and he gives kind of one look where he's you know just all kind of just looking all kind of steely-eyed and serious you know just kind of looking to the camera like that's his serious detective look that's how you know he's he's on the case it's hot that's how you know um but yeah i mean uh, you know overall i i think this film I mean, it's tough for me to say because I'm not really a big fan of this series. I haven't mm. seen all these movies, so I don't know how it stacks up or how people would, you know, kind of receive this one. Um, if you are like a, a big Saw fan, um, for me, um, I'd give it maybe a five out of ten mm. uh, for me personally. Mm. Um, like I said, I like Samuel Jackson in it. I think, you know, I mean, the, the him saying the motherfucker thing. Um, <laughs> all right, all right, but how good is that motherfucker drop true true 
Yeah, I mean, it is kind of good because I think even you see in the trailer because like there was there was one moment. Want to play games, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, when he says that, that did kind of make me laugh. I mean, that that did. I was like, okay, you know, okay, they, you you did get a laugh saying that. I mean, you know, you don't cast Samuel um, L. Jackson in a rated R movie and not have him say motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't. <laughs> I um, mean, even even in Infinity War, he at least got he got the mud he, out. He, <laughs> he got dust censored. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's- No, he got blipped. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He did get blipped. (laughs) Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, so, I just, for me, I just give it a 5 out of 10 for me. I mean, some kind of interesting gore, some okay performances, and some, you know, kind of solid funny moments, but, yeah, overall, I, I, I mean, just, there's nothing really- Yeah, I hear your criticism, and I'm not- not sold on it any more than I was before <laughs> because yeah this franchise is very niche if it's kind of if you're already a fan of the Saw movies then you're pretty much gonna like more or less what that whatever they put out except for Saw 3D that, that movie's ass <laughs> but what makes a bad Saw movie um <clears throat> I would say what makes a bad Saw movie is just who just the nature of the characters you decide to kill in your movie because so much of it it's about hey punishing people who quote-unquote don't appreciate their lives or people who have done wrong in the world and by saw 3d he's just killing random people that happen to know the guy that is in the main game Mm. Mm. okay all right. So 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 it, it has to have more of a like a better motivation as far as like why. Yes, yes, are. yes. Saw. Yeah. What makes a good Saw movie is motivation for why this person is in this trap. And do most of the Saw movies like this is also a thing about this movie in particular with Spiral. So I don't know if this is just with this one in particular, because it's more of a focus on the police and investigating mm-hmm. the crimes. And then in all the other Saw movies, was it just mainly focusing on the killer and him getting his victims and the traps and doing all Uh, that? In in most of them, it's kind of like a a similar structure. It was like kind of like a A plot is the the police procedure investigating and B is the trap plot. Okay. Okay, so it seems like, yeah, in this movie, Spiral, they do the same thing. That seems Mm -hmm. to be the main focus is the cop procedural, is them investigating the crime. And then, yeah, but you know. yeah, and just from looking at the trailers for this, I would say it's uh, it's it's a lot closer. The A plot of the like investigation is much more focused on than like the trap plot. Mm. Okay, all right, yes, yes. The yeah, the investigation part in this film is much more of the focus instead of the actual traps mm. and everything like that. Very, very, very much so. Um, and and I think that to the movie is kind of its detriment. I think a lot of times, but um so moving on from discussing spiral oh by the way um you know good good kind of i actually kind of appreciate the soundtrack from 21 savage by the mm. way they, you know they got to add some some trap music in the trap in the <laughs> trap film so makes sense uh, makes sense um it's a, it's a nice little kind of you know songs it's like a short little ep that you can listen to i think it's like five songs um mm. that 21 did for the for the movie it's, it's pretty decent i mean nothing i mean not a material but it's it's oh, you know dude dude you mean uh sir savage the 21st <laughs> yeah uh absolutely you know, <laughs> yeah don't think we haven't forgot that you're actually british dude yeah <laughs> don't <laughs> think we forgot <laughs> yeah um so it's it's you pretty kind of decent yeah uh did you any guys check out the ep at all no. all i heard was the single spiral i haven't heard any of the other songs on it 
Oh, okay. How'd you like the single? I thought it was all right. Okay. Did you check it out, Chase? No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, did you, did you, uh, this is really off topic. Did you check out the J. Cole album by any chance? Off season? Yeah, I listened yeah. to like half of it last night while I was studying and I, I listened to it on the train while I was like headed to my girl's place and I was like, Hey, this is good, but I couldn't like react too much on it because, again, on the train, and that's a big no-no in Japan. <laughs> I heard this is. I mean, I think even some people who don't even like J Cole was liking this project. I was saying, hmm. like, it seems like he really more stepped up his game with this project. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you're, you know, a J Cole hater or anything, Chase, or you don't like J Cole, but I don't hate him. I just don't think he's as deep as people. Hmm. Like, I'm very much in the middle when it comes. to I like mm. him and I appreciate his music and I like this album. It's solid. But like some of the bars that people like throw around on Twitter and Instagram as the most profound like Aristotle type thing to ever exist, mm. I'm like it's not that. Deep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. Calm your ass down. Yeah. But I do think he's a great rapper. Um definitely one of the better rappers of the gen, but mm. I don't think mm. he's the GOAT. I don't think he's the greatest, you know. I, I, and I think this album is, I mean, I think it's good. But I don't think it's like his best project. For me, mm. 24, uh, 2014, what was it? Yeah. Forest Hill Drive? Yeah, Forest Hill oh, Drive. Oh, yeah, Forest Hill Drive is fucking incredible. Yeah. Mm. So that's still his top work, do you think? To me, to me. Okay. Uh, and for you too, Nick? Yeah, I, w I would agree with that. Everything he's done since, like, uh, uh this uh interlude uh kod for your eyes only all of them have just been trying to get to like how good forest hill drive was uh, mm. i don't know just something about that album just feels complete like when we look back at his career when he retires like that's probably the one people are gonna be like yeah that's that's his go-to you know what i'm saying mm. okay yeah i i still have to check it out myself i'm i'm you know just still have to kind of blast it myself waiting to listen to it um, yeah. If you like so, J. Cole, you'll like it. Okay. Yeah. And it, I heard it's, some... it, it's just like Saul and Spiral. If you like Saul, you'll probably like Spiral. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't <laughs> disappoint his fans ever, I think. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, lo I love uh, some people call his fans cold sores. That's pretty funny. That's a good name. <laughs> uh, God some... damn, that's a terrible name for fans. <laughs> well, that's, people who, that's people who hate J. Cole fans and J. Cole they call him Cole so that's people who just, just don't like him but mm. I think I think that's kind of funny yeah what, what do you call Drake fans groomies <laughs> oh no uh -huh. oh my god uh, Castlevania Castlevania uh, <laughs> let's talk about Castlevania let's not, trigger the Dra let's not trigger the Drake fans amidst our audience yeah I'm um, happy bro yeah, and Drake actually just came out with a new song with Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne, the trio. They said came back. I saw that trending for a little mm. bit. Um, all right, so moving on from discussing Spiral, we're going to discuss Castlevania. So Castlevania, I've been binge watching this series uh, from season one to season four, and so it's the first time I'm ever watching this series. Um, season four was going to come up, and we decided just to come yep. on and review it. Yep. Season, season four. Yep, the entire show is written by uh, Warren Ellis, who by my money is one of the greatest uh, comic book writers of of this generation he's written stuff like uh uh iron man extremis which was the basis for uh, iron man 3 mm. okay yes uh created by warren ellis 
um, based off of the video game series. Uh, some people call it, you know, this basically the best video game adaptation ever. Uh, Which it is. Movies. It doesn't have much competition, but that's very yeah. True. <laughs> when your competition when your competition includes like the Resident Evil movies or uh, even Mortal Kombat, which I like, but it's not a good movie. Yeah, this. I yeah. I think the only thing that even semi comes close are the Sonic and uh, Detective Pikachu movies, and those aren't even like though, not even not even competition. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, with this one, uh, it basically in the, in this particular in just season four, um, the overall series kind of the plot of it, um, you know, it's a lot of basically a trio teaming up to basically stop Dracula after Dracula's wife was murdered. Uh, by a bunch of by, priests by the church <laughs> by the church uh more of a reason to not like the church um and uh you know it's basically i mean besides all the you know kid diddling yeah besides that uh you know besides you know the whole bad outfits i mean you know uh there's tons of reasons uh you know some of them know. be dripping though some of them be walking around um, look like the gold the pope be dripping sometimes when the don't, pope don't. is black uh and he wears the gold that's when he drips. yeah when, when he has the gold is... he be dripping what yeah. when he's a white pope he's culturally appropriating <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean you know yeah I, I i like i did like that moment where the white pope slapped that woman's hand that was pretty funny <laughs> i did like that i appreciate that moment uh but um so you know his wife gets murdered by the church um and you know she was trying to tell him like listen you don't want to do this i'm telling you please i'm doing this for you yeah she's, she's being burned alive and she is saying yay calm your ass down they don't know any better yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what i mean she was she was trying to tell him but you know they wouldn't listen and that sets him off it's like come on i just calmed him down you know what's gonna happen <laughs> Um, and that basically just sets him on a warpath to want to kill every single human, commit genocide of humans, uh, starting a whole war, um, and, you know, assembling a whole army, basically just to, you know, kill every single last human. And then a trio of Trevor Bel uh, Belmont, uh, Alucard, who's the son of Dracula, and uh, the female character's name, uh, what is her name? Oh, her name is uh, Sypha Belnatis. Uh, she's voiced by uh, Alejandra Reynoso. Yes. Uh, Alucard is voiced by James Callis, and uh, Trevor Belmont is voiced by Richard Armitage. Richard Armitage. Um, and, you know, so basically a trio teams up to stop uh, Dracula, and which they do yep. in... Uh, yeah, the first season, it's only, what, four episodes? Yeah, it's three. Episodes. And oh, four. four. It's only, yeah, yeah four. it's only four episodes, and it... And, and Dracula only appears in the first, and the rest of it is about assembling uh, this trio to go and fight Dracula. You always need a trio. Anytime, anytime you're doing anything, you always need a trio. Anytime it's an adventure quest type thing, you need a trio. The perfect you number. Need a trio. No more, no uh, less. Um, and it's it's a badass trio, I will say. Yes. Probably one of the most powerful trios. I mean, because you got Alucard, yeah. he's the son of Dracula. You got this Trevor Beaumont who comes from a long line of hunters. He's got this beautiful ass whip that he just, I mean, I, I saw in the first episode, he was just whipping the shit out of people. Whipped the dude's <laughs> finger off, whipped the dude's eye out. It's like, Jesus Christ. And you know, that shit got a sting too. Like, oh my God, getting whipped out of that shit. And then, like, every other episode, he gets an upgraded weapon, like... <laughs> oh, yeah, this this definitely leans into the video game yeah. kind of uh, aspect of it, even down to, like, character upgrades for Trevor. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, he... you have my girl. Yeah, Silva. who's... Yeah, who's... Cypher? Yeah. 
Cypher, mm -hmm. yeah. She has um, some of the most badass kills I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> she's got some of the greatest kills I've ever seen in, in an animated project. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, it, I mean, what she does with water puts Cora to shame. I mean, facts. Uh, I mean, you know, facts. Can fire. Cora Cora ain't, ain't the fucking avatar. Cypher better not as is. Dude, and it's I'm... like so cool to see her fight because like you normally see mages fight from a distance. She has mm. hands. <laughs> she she's up. She wants that smoke. Yeah, she's all about it. Like yeah, most mages uh... get restrained to like just healing duties and from like afar, like shooting magical fireballs. But no, she gets up close. She's burning people with her hands. She's like slicing people with uh with the ice um joints dude, and like turning into pikes and stuff about that life oh my god yeah. dude yeah i love her um, because after um uh, because basically at the end of season two um it's trevor and belmont who basically they decide to go off um it's her and trevor who basically mm. go off and continue hunting more you know night creatures and hunting you know more kind of demons and things like that and alucard is us last year at the beginning of the pandemic <laughs> yeah i mean he just kind of you know he gets relocated just he's like i'll just stay in the castle look after it um look after the study that the castle is on top of um and you know basically just gets trapped there and it's, it's kind of funny to see like you know this guy is basically kind of kind of just dodging around this castle kind of going mad talking to himself pretending to be <laughs> trevor pretending to be cypher you like know. puppets of trevor and cypher yeah you know what yeah. i mean doing the which he does a very good impression of both of them mm -hmm. uh you know spot on impressions uh of both of them um and the action in this series i will say is is top notch i mean some of the best mm -hmm. action i've ever seen in an animated project i mean it yeah. really is um and mixed with the the gore of it too um it's just like wow i mean it's it's very very impressive um and i mean a lot of money you can tell was put into these type of projects mm -hmm. um and to see like you said the the fight scenes with uh, saifa what she does with the water with the ice is very impressive with really great kills um to see with um um in season four um you get introduced to well actually in season three towards the end of that one um, this council of female vampires mm -hmm. um, where you see Camilla so you know after Dracula died now there's this big void um, mm -hmm. where you know a new kind of vampire supreme has to rise and Camilla's trying to take up that start this war um, against the humans um, you know keep you know basically try to finish what Dracula started um, not kill all humans but just kind of enslave them and keep them as you know kind of livestock basically um, and she has this council of, of other female vampires. And then um, there's this uh, one female vampire who's like the soldier character. Mm -hmm. um, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, what is what is that character's I think, name? Uh, I think that character's name is Striga. Striga. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a scene with her where she's fighting with this huge broadsword. Yeah. Um, with these yeah, villagers huge come. broadsword. She's got like daytime armor on, uh, which was incredible. I was for... like, wow. For Berserk fans, you gotta hope and pray that this man can get his hands on Berserks, because uh, I because I heard like Warren was interested interested in adapting Berserk, so that was oh, like really? a prototype scene for what he could do with guts, just swinging that big sword around, slashing five people at once. That that was intense. I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, that was yeah, that was a great great scene. But um, the philosophical also like the philosophical aspect after she fights that scene was dope too she was just like thinking about mm. like wow like no these people 
we're not fighting soldiers we're just fighting regular like farmers like i don't want to do this <laughs> they're fighting because uh, they have to not because they they're trying to protect like they want to <laughs> they're just scared uh, yeah yeah very much and that's what the, yeah, i mean the series is not just all you know nudity and gore yeah. and violence anything like that it has you know very good writing moments as well yeah. very good character moments um yeah you know. and and uh yeah, and some of that writing in those character moments and this philosophical dialogue, a lot of that takes up a huge chunk of this fourth season. It mm. kind of doesn't really pick up until the fifth, but all of that discussion is so good that I didn't even notice the time going by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, usually when characters just randomly have their monologues in anime, I'm kind of just like mm -hmm. taking a taking aback by it because, you know, it's random, they're normally talking to themselves. But with this, it's like, especially with isaac i'm actually like intrigued by where he's going with his mind because it starts off very simple where like all the characters really start off very simple mm -hmm. um isaac especially yeah yes um, every character in this starts off very simple but they all have their moment to of of i don't want to call it exposition dumping but it's this moment of character building where they mm -hmm. pretty much lay out their entire philosophy and what is going through their head mm -hmm. even a character i hated in carmela in the like mm. two seasons prior i didn't like her i felt much more sympathy for her in uh, this final season yeah mm -hmm. yeah because i think yeah every character gets that moment where they're like all right reflecting why am i doing this right now you know that's like the big like question that everybody gets the chance to ask even like the even striga and like the lesser characters that get it um they all have this question of what is our purpose here um and every one of them gets their answer in this season which was phenomenal to see and very rare to see uh, a show try to complete every character arc <laughs> you know yeah absolutely um and you know with with i think with, you know in season four um you know seeing like i said the development of all these characters um and it's honestly you know like we speak about the isaac character um i mean really great i think you know evolution of that character and kind of one of the best black characters i've seen um in kind of like one of these type of projects before um you know i mean i mean this is kind of a little bit what i wanted from the yasuke series i mean yeah. you know what i mean i mean i mean yeah. I feel like i mean i feel like this character in isaac got more development than yasuke did in his own series and it was called yasuke i mean <laughs> um i feel like you know with this character like i said with isaac and his whole journey and him being like just a straight badass but also you know him having you know these really great moments and really great thoughts about things because he just kind of starts off uh, being this guy who's just incredibly loyal to dracula and then that's it and then after dracula's gone he's able to more develop and doing his own thing and you know he's he's what you call a forge master somebody who's able to kind of uh, bring up these demons from hell and implant them in dead people's bodies and kind of that's the way he kind of can you know bring them to earth and you know kind of his whole journey of you know kind of uh you know uh you know creating this whole night creature army and then going from these place to place with this army and you know collecting more and more and I, I, I thought that was very interesting. And even yeah. in a character like, you know, Nick said in Carmela, um, where, you know, 
she's just kind of this evil person you just think it's simple who just wants to usurp dracula and everything like that you know her character you know you give more motivation to what she wants what she wants to do um definitely don't want to be a man in, in her presence i mean that's for sure um yeah uh you know there's what I mean? a lot of trauma like, for that was, that, was a, that was a moment that my jaw was on the floor in like the season two finale where you have uh, hector who was another one of uh, dracula's forge masters who's voiced wonderfully by theo james and she's just convinced that yeah Carmilla, yeah we betrayed dracula it's all gucci now then taller and beats the shit out of him <laughs> with glee yeah. and all that is just like stemming from her trauma of being abused mm. you know so like there's there's like a compre- comprehensible comprehensible source mm. uh, for how evil she is um and how like ambitious she is as well you know because she sees like the world as a whole bunch of old white men that she needs that she could kill <laughs> you know, and and she just wants to take it you know yeah. and somebody asks well why yeah. not just create something new and she's like well what's the fun of that <laughs> why do that when i can just kill this dude and take it and yeah. he was never here you know and it'd be like he was never even created this thing i can just take it from him. and then um, to go back to isaac real quick because I, my favorite line of dialogue in this show is between him and hector when he's talking about mm-hmm. Uh, the difference between being a tool and actually building Um, because for the longest you know he started out as a slave and then he joins Dracula uh, as a tool essentially Mm. Um, rather than having his own agency you know developing as as his own person and building his own uh, sort of goals and dreams I love that that's what makes Isaac great is because like you see him start out as you know he's the sidekick tool uh he has that he's literally supposed to be in most shows he would just be a he'd be a secondary boss that the guys take down um before they get to Dracula but in this he gets a chance to become his own and, and have his own agency and you know it's rare you see that especially with black characters um uh, and even with the you know Saifa who's the female character here I mean great you know I think um, you know development they do with her you know and, and she's not a victim at all I mean even though when you first see her she, she's being saved by Trevor Belmont but I mean when she gets into her own and when she's doing her own thing I mean she's incredibly she's capable the baddest motherfucker on this show easily. yeah I mean she, you know she's incredibly capable and the stuff that she can do and her powers and her abilities and what she does with them um, and you know she saves Trevor's life. You know he saves her life. It's you know it's never one sided one way or the other, um, which is you know fantastic to see. And you know she has her own agency. She's got her own you know kind of character going on, which I think you know is really great. So what they do, you know, with her, with Isaac, with you know, especially is very very good. You know for those type of characters to be black, to be a woman. I mean that's you know very good. And with the other you know female characters in this show, like too with Carmilla and her council of other vampires as well. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in like one, you know, one of the her vampires on the council, she was fucking her pet just like Omni Man was fucking his pet. So you know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? Lenore. He was doing a lot. Of, yeah, yeah Lenore, who's voiced by uh, Jessica Brown Finley, who uh, you may remember from uh, the uh, Fifty Million Merits episode of Black Mirror. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I didn't, uh, I didn't recognize her voice, but yeah. That's how good uh, the voice work in the show is. I, uh, in very few exceptions, I couldn't tell who was voicing who. 
Um, so with this um, season, this supposed to be the final season of the show, right? Mm. Yep. Netflix pulled the uh, yeah. This is your final season. Hmm. Um, so what do you guys think about that? I mean, do you think you could have foreseen it maybe going on more seasons or I, you know I, what I, mean? think, I think this is kind of like my favorite type of uh, series finale. It it's shutting the door on on some of our characters, but it's also leaving it open enough to for someone to maybe revisit this a uh, few years down the line. Yeah. Like um there are a few strains that are like loose like um Restriga and um the other council member that was sort of like the organizer they just kind of part ways from the story um and that that is kind of to go into like my slight critiques with the story um mm -hmm. is that you do kind of have two separate stories for the most part in this season um that i wish could somehow have converged together um but you know, I think that storyline with, with those two could be a spinoff. I think, uh, is Shane Tremaine even alive still? Did he die? Or... I think that motherfucker's dead. Yeah, he's probably better off dead. But still, if he is yeah, alive... Yeah, yeah, out of all the, like, introduced characters uh, from season three that return, I think he's kind of the weakest one. He is, but I do understand mm. to a degree. Um, and... We might as well get into what I think is probably the weakest part of the show is the uh, the plot twist villain at the final boss being death. Which... Yes, uh, yes. The entire time you're led to believe that the main villain, the villain of this uh, this final season, that is kind of more setting the motion of trying to resurrect Dracula, is a character named Varney who's voiced one wonderfully by malcolm mcdowell mm. and he's kind of played as a joke character like everybody yeah. around him is just saying yeah this guy's fucking pathetic <laughs> and then and then and then like the next to last episode reveal is that nah it's been actually actual death in disguise yeah yeah i i i might have to i mean i'm gonna revisit the show regardless but Oh, I oh, yeah. wish I wish that they had at least planted those clues a little bit better. Mm. Um, because Varney, you know, he's it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was very hard for me to be like, oh yeah, of course he's death. Like yeah, like I, it, it, that that twist did feel cheesy, but the fight was amazing. That fight <laughs> was epic yeah this yeah the entire ninth episode of this season is the final boss battle yeah yeah and that's i mean that that that's also just a testament to the character writing in the show mm. and the dialogue writing especially because once death becomes its own entity and he's like you know revealing his grandmaster plan i'm like all right like this is getting better and then he's like shit talking as well and i'm like all right yeah no i'm starting to like him now um it's the execution of this show even with the weaker elements of it it's so great <laughs> but what did you think about the death plot twist josh did you like it or hate it um because um well actually i haven't really gotten to that point yet uh actually oh. serious that. um you... I'm a... what episode are you on um, I'm only... finish the show. 
I'm only halfway through season four, so I'm only on episode six. Motherfucker! You could watch, you you were able to binge watch all of Demon Slayer in a day, yeah. including well, the movie. Like, well, that was only two seasons, 26 episodes. Okay. But you had like two weeks to do this, is what we're saying. Right, yeah, I should have, I should have watched, I should have, yeah, did more of the series earlier. So I'm only on episode six of season four right now, so I haven't finished all of the episodes. I hate it here. <laughs> I haven't finished yeah. all the episodes. All right. Well, anyway, uh, great show. For those who yeah. have seen it, you know the ending pulled my heartstrings. How about you, Nick? Did did you cry yeah, a little ab- bit? Absolutely. <laughs> this is probably gonna go down in one of my favorite series finales uh, in a very long time. Uh, all of the characters' uh, emotional arcs uh, conclude in a really satisfying way. And again, the door is open for someone who really loves and appreciates the show to revisit it and there's a whole lot more castlevania lore that they can pull from mm-hmm. especially with the final reveal that uh dracula and uh lisa tepesh they're alive again oh you're gonna do that <laughs> i wasn't gonna do that to him I'm, I, I was i was thinking about that i was thinking about spoiling that um when we were talking about potential spinoffs but then as soon as josh uh said he didn't finish it i was glad that nobody said it but yeah drac dracula's back uh you'll have to find well, out yeah, how Vlad, he's back Vlad uh, tepesh is alive again yeah, yeah but... i i kind of figured that would happen at the end of like there was a moment in at the end of season three that mm. happens so i kind of figured he would probably be back him and her would probably be back or make an appearance but uh without giving away too much i am honestly surprised at how wholesome the ending is Mm -hmm. (laughs) i expected the ending to be very dark for some reason i thought it was gonna like be very bittersweet but like it was i think the the most unpredictable thing for them to do was to to make it that wholesome Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it had shot for a series as violent and as bloody as this show gets. It has the most wholesome ending. <laughs> uh, so you have that to look forward to, Josh. Yeah. Um. So how would you all uh, rate the series overall? Even with my gripes, it's a nine out of ten. Because even like my gripe with with the whole death character is executed so well. <laughs> once you get down to the fight um <laughs> but you know everything else is just damn near perfect so now uh, nick would yeah yeah this show it's a damn near perfect series it's, it's easily the greatest single video game adaptation we've ever we've ever gotten in uh our time um the voice work in this move this show is fantastic uh the action in it is gorgeous the animation it's some of the best uh animation in 2d that we've seen since something like legend of korra uh, i give this absolutely nine and a half out of ten the only gripes i have are kind of with uh, the final season and the whole death uh, twist mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great series. Um, would you so how would you all compare season four to the rest of the seasons if you had to uh, rank them? Uh, I'd still say season two is the best of this series because it's because this show is at its best when it's it's Trevor, Sypha, and uh, Alucard all together. That's mm. when the show, I think, is at its strongest, mm. and I 
thought it took a little too long for the final season to reunite them but once they did mm -hmm. it was so goddamn satisfying it's one of the best action sequences this show has ever put to has ever done i want to rewatch that right now honestly that, that was <laughs> some good shit. me too a little bit yeah no that i i can't wait for you to get to that part you're probably gonna be geeking out josh um uh in season four yeah because because mm -hmm. and i think that is probably the weakest part about season three is that um it you know you don't get to see the trio together but mm -hmm. once they do come together I, that I don't know how how hard that would have hit if they were always together for well, for the majority of the show. Yeah, um, yeah. Because one of the weaker elements I think in season after like season two is when, or a little bit in season two where they spend a lot of time in the library and I think mm -hmm. that in study I thought that was a little, they spent a lot of time here, um, a little bit too much. But when they're together, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a surprise, you know, they didn't keep them together, just try to keep them together a little bit more because they they do make a great trio, but yeah. I think them together is just way too powerful. I guess you know what I mean. It just feels in this show at all if they're always together with each other. True. Uh, they but, cover each um, other's bases very easily. Like as soon as as soon as they like, that's the thing about that too. You're right, Josh, because the conflict at the end would have been solved so much quicker if if they were all together <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> that wouldn't even they wouldn't even have gotten to the door. <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a great series. Um, still need to finish season four. I'm only halfway through. I'm on episode six. Uh, working my way through it right now, so I'll be done by tonight. Um, and yeah, I mean it's a great series. I'm glad I got into it. I see what everybody's talking about now. Um, I know everybody's been talking about this for a while uh, with this series and it being one of the best video uh, game adaptations ever. Um, probably one of the best animated shows uh, mm -hmm. I think up there um, as being ever. I mean, this is really impressive work. I mean, animation is gorgeous. Um, you know, they take very much inspiration from the video games with its animation style. Uh, very nice, uh, especially from Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Um, so, um, and um, I mean, yeah, it's a gorgeous looking show to look at. Um, I mean, you just love to see stills of it. I mean, it's just such a beautiful show. Action of it is very amazing. The characters are very great. So, yeah, overall, very solid series. Yeah, I'd give it a, you know, 9 to 10 as well. Um, you know, besides for some few kind of slower moments in it. Um, yeah, I think it's overall a very great series. Um, all right, so that is it, people. That's all we got for you today. Very short show. Um, just discuss Spiral. Uh, their movie review there. They did Castlevania. Uh, did a nice TV series and season four review of that. Uh, Resident Evil 8. Um, also reviewed that. Uh, discuss that. I can't wait to play it myself. Uh, Austin came in, did a good job with the review. Glad he was able to make it uh, and glad he's able to review that for us. Um, discuss some news with the Venom trailer. Um, you know, so decent looking trailer. Um, of course, we're going to check it out, going to see what we think. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's going to be a lot better uh, than the first one. Hope so. Cross. You know, fingers crossed for sure. Um, so, uh, to all you people out there, check out the links, all the good links. Um, and if you want to check out our links, of course, that's on any of our social media platforms. You just click on in our bio, you see all of our links available. Facebook.com slash the afternoon tune. We're on Instagram at the afternoon tune. We're also on Twitter at the afternoon tune. We're also uh, on TikTok, TikTokers. 
the afternoon tune. Uh, last couple of posts on TikTok did very well. 600 plus views on there, so that was that was pretty nice. Okay. Um, discussing it was the Oscar clip. Uh, discussing that. Discussing Chloe Zhao, who's going to be doing the Eternals. Uh, she just won the Oscar for uh, best director for Nomadland. Um, and the film also won best picture. So uh, happy to her. Congrats to her uh, that she won that. So that that was kind of doing very well on TikTok. Um, if you want to email us, we're at the afternoon tune at gmail.com. We're also streaming on Twitch at twitch.com slash the afternoon tune. Um, Chase is also on Twitch. Um, don't uh, watch his last Twitch stream in case um, you don't want to see a brutal beating that happened. Um, after, you know, all these weeks um, of him uh, talking crap, he thought he could challenge me in Smash. And he failed miserably. Um, he played the S-tier character in Joker. Um, I played a D-tier character. Of course, you can look it up. We also looked it up on stream. Nick did it. Uh, D-tier character in Kirby. And I won 15-9. I just slapped him. I demolished him. Um, you know, of course. Um, yes. You know, I'm, I'm happy that you feel a lot better now. You know, I, uh, I, I was, you know. <laughs> Your self yeah. your your self confidence was dwindling, so you know I took pity on you, and I'm happy that I could help. Yeah, you know? uh, but if you've you been all striking out with Nico Lull, he was he was he was obviously he was he was striking angry out with whatever you... that 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 cashier at the museum uh, was. Um, he was <laughs> the cashier at the museum, the Latina uh, Uber driver that yeah. loves Selena. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then also don't forget the girl he was trying to run a two K for. <laughs> um, it was a, it was a 5k, a, oh, 5K. 5k 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 for charity by the way I think that makes it worse 5k for charity you know by the way so 5K three miles for her for charity it was, it was for charity for by the way uh, yeah very, very good charity Okay. Um, yeah, so you so know, I'm you, happy can, you I can, can watch, help you, you with your confidence. Uh, uh, watch the stream back. He got very upset, got very mad. Um, him <laughs> keep falling off the stage, he didn't know how to get back on the stage. Okay. Um, yeah, right. so it was, it was a very, very, very good stream. So, Chase, where can people find you and you find that find, L that you caught? You can find me at uh, please touch grass, Josh. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you need to go outside, Josh. Um, so you can find me at Mr. Chase Mac at um. Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, um, M R C H A Y S E M A C. Uh, you can see this man spam down B on Kirby for uh, two hours and up B. I'll give you credit. You did both up B and down B. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you did uh, all the B side B, up B, and, and down B. Those are the only three moves he made. High level so Kirby. Wanna, High level Kirby. So if you want to watch that, feel free. High level. Um, High level where can they find you, Nick? <laughs> All right, uh, find me, Twitter, Instagram, at Night and Day Nick. That's a N-I-G-H-T, letter N-D-A-Y, Nick. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we get a, a nice uh, tournament together going uh, that we'll be streaming Saturday if we can. Uh, nice tournament again. Uh, again, Nick will be commentating. Um, <laughs> it's because because I it's, it's kind of hard. I was trying to focus and talk, but it's it's kind of difficult. So Nick was covering that for us, uh, letting us know of the alerts and subs and things like that. Um, so very good on Nick, and also looking up uh, the fact that Joker is S tier, which is high. That's a very high category. Okay, guys, uh, don't forget to always stay tuned. The game is very yeah. balanced. No, 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 no. Don't don't weasel your way out of this. Is a uh, continue, Josh. Right, so Kirby he is just wasting time. The game is balanced. He keeps bitching about oh, Kirby Kirby's is trash. Character. So if people don't every know, time, every time, every time I beat him, he would S be like, "Kirby's trash." I, 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 I feel like you're just pissed that you got your ass beat by a by a D tier character. 
I'm really not. But I'm, what I'm saying is though is that the game is balanced. Dude, I feel like you're if getting you play... very aggressive right now. You're you're getting. No, very, it's literally very because this, it's because every time I beat him, he's like, "Oh, Kirby's trash." That's the only reason why you won. But every time he wins. He's like, oh, you're trash because Kirby's trash. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's not how the game works. It's actually very balanced. You... Well, so let, find a new talking you know, point. Find a new talking point. Well, we'll yeah. let the pro players, if they, you know, I mean, they'll decide. I mean, any pro player will tell you. All right, whatever. Um, that. But uh, hey, all good people out there, uh, you know, enjoy Chase's salt um, in the Twitch stream, in this podcast. And don't forget to always stay, stay tuned. tuned.